I guess until they throw the first pitch of the World Series on Friday. All we can basically do is contribute to the build-up, which we will do today with Rob Thompson, the manager of the Phillies, joins us. Or Kevin Barker, we can take part in one of America's favorite parlor games. Let's wait for the Yankees to implode. Like it's Let's wait already. for the Yankees to blow everything up. That will be the dominant topic of conversation leading up to the World Series after the Yankees were eliminated, were swept by the Houston Astros. And if you don't believe me, this was what the voice of the New York Yankees, one of the voices of the New York Yankees, Michael Kay, had to say yesterday about this this uh, motivational video that Yankees players were given where they were showing video of that great 2004 ALCS. You remember the one, the Yankees are up three games to nothing and the Red Sox came back to win the series. Doesn't that get you fired up? Here's what Michael Kay had to say about it. The Yankees have a mental skills coach. He put together a video of the 2004 Red Sox coming back from 03 down. How in baseball God's name can you be so tone deaf as an organization as if to do that? How can you be that tone deaf? I mean, talk about bad optics. Are you out of your mind? Do you know that I talked to three players from the 04 team? They were outraged by the fact that their failure was being used as motivation for the 2022 team. How could you do that? It would be like somebody from Lincoln's family, and you're trying to teach them about shootings in theaters, and you use their dad as an example of how to avoid it. I mean, are you out of your mind? Yeah, I'm not certain I would have gone to the uh, to the uh, assassination of Abraham Lincoln as an analogy there, but there you go. Uh, he does go on to say, by the way, Michael Kay also goes on to uh, criticize Aaron Boone. Well, actually, it was kind of odd because Eduardo Perez and Dan Shulman, who were the radio uh, play-by-play team for ESPN, I gather in Aaron Boone's office before the game, Eduardo Perez pulled out a or, or FaceTimed or somehow hooked up Aaron Boone with David Ortiz, yet another one of those Red Sox villains, right, uh, before the game. And they were, I don't know, talking about the Philadelphia Eagles or something like that. I, I mean, if it's me, I'd rather have my manager not worrying about his NFL fantasy team before his team's about to go out and get their ass swept. But, uh, I mean, that's just... That's just me. Um, Kevin Barker, very quickly before we bring Jeff Passan on, your thoughts about that? Yeah, I don't see what the big deal is. I mean, desperate times, desperate, desperate measures. You're, you're, you're playing a freaking video. Who cares? Isn't Michael K. The, the play-by-play guy for the New York Yankees? Like yeah, I, so what? So he can't well, have an opinion? So what, do you mean, what do you mean, so what? He can't have an opinion? I mean that's a bit strong. Like I look, look, it's they got beat by a better team. I mean it's it's plain and simple. Like you got flaws. A, you had you faced a better team who 
exploited those and dominated you. Like I, you, you, there was desperate times. Like well, what's the big? What's the big? I don't understand. Like I, I know it's the Yankees and everything the Yankees do is supposed to just turn to gold. And it's oh my God, the Yankees haven't won in forever. I mean, I, I get it. If the Yankees aren't doing it, it can't be right, or it can't. It's got to be right if they're doing it. Like I, I, I guess you know Michael K. You're is, not, you is, know, you, you're just not. You're not. You're not a romantic. You don't believe in things like the baseball gods and the ghosts. I'm going to bring in Jeff Passan, who I know is a baseball romantic. And Passan, clearly, clearly, this is a sign, isn't it, that there's something rotten at the core of the New York Yankees. I I just love hearing the guy with the southern accent absolutely torch Yankees. It just makes me feel like, like the world is whole. Ah, We're going to have to start calling, what was it, Fort Sumter Barker or something like that from this point on. I, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. They, they weren't as good as the Astros. I, I don't understand what the – like, it's not rocket science. Like, you, you, your team was dominated by a better team in all parts of the baseball team. Like, I just, I just don't understand what the big deal is here. They, you know, it's I, I like think, the Blue Jays. I, I think there's – I, I think there's like a, a happy medium here. Um, we can acknowledge that the Astros were the far superior team to the New York Yankees while also acknowledging that motivational videos of your organization suffering the most embarrassing loss in its history, probably not the most tactful way to go about things. <laughs> I, 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 I don't, listen, ultimately – who cares? Like, we all draw motivation from whatever motivates us, right? And maybe that sort of video was going to motivate someone, but it sure wasn't going to motivate everyone. I bet you it pissed off someone like Aaron Judge, you know? Like, I, I think well, that the, the the Yankee true believers, the, the people who uh, think that pinstripes uh, connote something special, and they have historically, so, uh, you know, I'm not suggesting they're wrong, but I, I think that there's a, a certain pride uh, among the New York Yankees. And one thing I've always liked about Aaron Boone is he's not a prideful person, and that's a that's right. a compliment. Like, he's he's willing to do whatever it takes to go out and win, and unfortunately for the Yankees, that included putting Lou Trevino in with the bases loaded instead of Garrett Cole. Uh, I, I want to talk about your article in the Houston Astros and just how, how, how good they are and kind of the whole this thing about the Astros and, 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 and sort of, I guess, the cross they bear going back to um, going back to that, that cheating scandal, which I, for the most part, I forget about unless, unless I read about it or, 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 or you know, or, or, or somebody brings it up. But I, I, I do want to continue just a little bit in the Yankees. Uh, where do they go from here? Le- let's leave aside Aaron Judge for now, Jeff. Do they, uh, are, are we talking about a changeover in the general manager's chair? Are we talking about, do you think, uh, a change in manager? Um, just how much of, how different will the Yankees look when they roll into, when they roll into Tampa for spring training? It would not surprise me to see Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone back next year. Um, I think if someone's likelier to go, it's probably Boone at this point, though. Cashman also, remember, doesn't have a contract after this year. So, uh, and Boone is signed for, for two more years after this season. Uh, the, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what the fallout looks like over the next 
10 days or so when the Astros are playing the Phillies in the World Series and the Yankees are at home for the 13th consecutive year. It's it's unacceptable, but they have accepted it up to this point. And it, it places them in a really difficult position because I'm not suggesting that there's not a better manager out there than Aaron Boone. There might be. I'm not suggesting there's a better manager out there, uh, GM out there than Brian Cashman. There might be. But for the Yankees, it's a hard thing to find. There are a lot of boxes to check in New York, I think, that don't necessarily exist elsewhere. And it makes it difficult going forward for the Yankees to figure out what they're going to do because they almost feel stuck in this perpetual limbo, this catch-22, where uh, you keep the guys on board who have gotten you the same result year after year, a dissatisfactory result, or do you go out and get a couple of new people who you, you just don't know what you're going to have, and the result may even be worse. Um, I'm sure everybody listening is feeling really sorry for the Yankees, too. It's a very... Uh, it's a tragic situation. Let me tell my you. My heart bleeds. I know I am. Bleeds from the. My heart bleeds from the bottom down. <laughs> Passing. T- tell me if you had any better time to have an excuse to not back up the Brinks truck and give whatever Aaron Judge wants. It would be right now. I mean, I. I I, I guess the excuse could be that he was five for thirty-six in the playoffs and one for sixteen in the ALCS, and generally didn't do anything in the postseason after having this spectacular regular season. But I, I also, Kevin, look at what the New York Yankees lineup looks like without Aaron Judge in it, and it's not great, Bob. Like <laughs> it's not a, it's not ideal, and when they're coming off a series against the Astros, not only in which they were swept, but in which their offense was just as flaccid as can be. I I don't know how the Yankees don't ultimately sign Aaron Judge. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm of two minds here. One is, of course, the Yankees have to sign him because uh, they're in a perilous position if they don't do so. But also, does Aaron Judge want to sign with New York? Does he want to be there? Is uh, you know, I have, I have a story coming out on him soon that sort of dives in deep to his season and uh, his life and and what it's like inside that clubhouse and the role he plays. And uh, he is the sun, the moon, and the stars in there. He is the fulcrum upon which the the New York Yankees balance and. Um, that that's a that's a heavy burden. That's a lot. And when you have the Los Angeles Dodgers and the San Francisco Giants and potentially the New York Mets lurking there, there's some pretty tantalizing options if you're a free agent who wants to win and get paid. It's not like it's Yankees or bust for him. Uh, he's going to have suitors. All right, let's move on and talk about the Astros. Your article on them on ESPN. I like your line about there, there's there's a hardness. Uh, to this mm. team, which I find interesting because I always, I kind of look at, I, I love Dusty. Like everybody in baseball, I love mm-hmm. Dusty Baker. I look at Dusty Baker. He's the personification sort of of, I'm not going to say lovable Astros, but lovable Dusty equals to my way of thinking less detestable Astros. I guess that's the way I would put it. But, I mean, Jeff. Uh, we, that's why know, they hired him. 
Well, it's absolutely it is. It's certainly do you want to be the the reporter that sits in Dusty's office and says, so, Dusty, you've got a bunch of cheating dogs out here. How do you you know, how, how are you going to handle this? You know, Dusty's got John Lee Hooker playing in the background and the incense going. You're not going to do that. Well, uh, Jeff, four one run, one run, one run wins in the seven and oh postseason so far. You talk about this. I mean, I, the numbers, the, the the opponent's averages, the slash line is outrageous. But mm-hmm. we really only have, if they can, and I don't know if they can run the table here. I think that's unlikely. But the 1976 Reds are kind of the last team that went through the postseason unblemished, right? We haven't had a team yeah. like that since the wild card era. I mean, the, the, the only team since playoff expansion in 69, yeah. Wow. Um, are they ever going to get credit? Let's say that they... Let's say they win Great the series question. against the Phillies in five or six games. Are are we finally? Because like I kind of moved on. I look at that team and it's you know there's not a lot of. I mean how many how many core guys there were around when they were cheating? Yeah, I'm not going to blame Jeremy Pena for that or Jordan Alvarez yeah. or Kyle Tucker. I know Altuve's still there, Bregman's still there. But are we ever going to give them credit for being really good? Altuve, Bregman, Yuli Gurriel, Lance McCullers, and Justin Berlander. That's it. Five guys of the twenty-five are left over, and I, I hope we give them credit because I, I'd like to believe that as as human beings, we're nuanced enough to separate things that have large periods of time between them, and we're more than you know we're a half decade removed from it. At this point, this is going to be the fifth postseason since 2017. And and we are capable of doing two things at once, Jeff. We can acknowledge that what happened in 2017 was bad and was unfortunate and that the Houston Astros did cheat on their way to winning a championship. We can also acknowledge that the 2022 version of the Houston Astros, which, listen, just like with steroids, I never presume anyone is clean. It's just a matter of what we don't know. But uh, by all accounts, I'm not hearing like I was back in 2017 from people around the league that the Astros are doing something funky or doing something wrong. And I'd hope that we can appreciate these Astros for what they are, which is an elite, potentially all-time elite run prevention team, which is a group that uh, in, in big moments just gets hits and drives in runs. And when I said hardness, you know, that was meant more as a mentally tough thing. And, and the, the cognitive dissonance of the Astros to me boils down to this. It's really hard to sit there and look at a group that cheated and then is using the backlash from that cheating as fuel to uh, propel it forward. And yet that's what the Astros are doing. And it's, you can't as a human being deny that you would do that. You would do the same thing when we're put in positions where we feel trapped, where we feel cornered, where we feel attacked, you know, we can either cower or we can take all of the feelings and emotions from that and translate them into something better. And I, I understand if you look at the Astros and say they cheated and now they're in the wake uh, of 
of that cheating and and drafting off of it. Like, how is that right? How is that fair? Guess what? It's not. But it is the same thing that anyone would do at this point. And, uh, you know, I, I respect the way that the Astros have have not tried to run away from this because the, it's their fans that get angry when people talk about the cheating. The, the players get it at this point. This is their scarlet letter. It's going to exist forever. And either you come to terms with that and try and get better or you sit there and let it just completely drown you. And you know what? Uh, the Astros are swimmers, guys. They are Michael Phelps and the the way that they have rebounded from this and and kept the you know kept the energy going and uh, made this run that's a half decade long now and six straight ALCS like it's absurd how good the Astros have been for as long as they've been and and in order to to really I I don't think a championship this year validates them necessarily. But I think it would go a long way. You used the phrase a couple of minutes ago, an all-time elite run prevention team. And, you know, as you point out in your article, one error by everyday players, and we can dispute yeah. that that error. Um, you know, a it team was not played, an error. What, an eight, <laughs> yeah, a team that played an 18-inning game on, on route to getting here, a close game. and, and A 0-0 zero, zero game for 18 innings. 0-0, zero, zero, yeah. And, I mean, it's a team that... They have pitchers they haven't used yet who are really good. They have pitchers they haven't used who would start for some teams uh, in in the postseason. So all that having said all that, Jeff, this break, this four days off, uh, any impact at all on either the Astros or the Phillies, or is this just going to? I mean, it allows everybody to give their pitchers rest. It allows everybody to whatever minor aches they are to to, to heal. Is this going to set the stage for a really, really, really good World Series? Do you think? I'm hoping so. Um, I, you know, the Phillies are are such an interesting team because they they are built on the Dave Dombrowski model. Um, you know, go big or go home, and they went big in free agency with Bryce Harper and with JT Real Muto and uh, with Zach Wheeler, and and they're you know they're a bit of a hybrid. I think with the the Red Sox teams that Dombrowski ran and the mm-hmm. 2019 Nationals, who relied on a pretty small group of pitchers to go and win them games, and that's why to me the the rest benefits the Phillies the most. Um, Rob Thompson burned the ships in Game Five against the Padres. He had Jose Alvarado, and he had Sir Anthony Dominguez in early, and he ended up having to go to Ranger Suarez. Uh, who is a starting pitcher to close the thing out after David Robertson put a couple of runners on base. And so uh, considering there were going to be no off days uh, between five and uh, no off day between five and six, and then you're going to have, I mean, they were going to play three, four, five, six, seven, five consecutive days when normally there's a day off there in the LCS. Like he was going to be, you know, Rob Thompson was going to be beaten up bullpen wise because there's just a finite number of relievers who he trusts at this point. So getting Dominguez and Alvarado those days of rest, getting uh, Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler on so they can make four starts and uh, potentially even more uh, during the World Series. In Nola's case, if he goes on short rest, I mean, the, you know, 
things are looking about as good as they can for the Phillies, but they're also running into a juggernaut. And uh, the, the Astros have not shown a single sign of weakness this postseason yet. And I'm not sure Philadelphia is going to be the team to bring that out of them, frankly. Passing, I don't know if you guys have talked about this because I sort of got kicked off the air there, but I, I want to ask you about Jose Altuve. And if this, <laughs> if this Jose Altuve that we saw against the Yankees, you know, it wasn't very good, you know, putting balls in play, chasing. I mean, he chases anyway because he, he thinks he can cover. He's sort of like Bo Bichette. He thinks, he, you know, if you throw it, I can hit it kind of way. And just right. he's going to go through his little ups and downs. But I wonder if the Astros, now we know what they can do, right? They're pitching, they're starters. Like, it's going to give them a chance. But those first four guys, you just talked about it for the Phillies, that lineup is legit, at least those first four guys. And they hit homers. If Altuve yeah. is not any good, do you think the Astros can still win the World World Series. I do. I mean, uh, dude, they went seven and zero with Altuve stinking, and and look, maybe the Phillies are a better team than the Yankees were, than the Mariners were, but uh, I don't know. Um, I I don't know if this is up on our website yet, but I I was you know we were all asked the key to this series, uh, and I said Jose Altuve because. If he gets hot, uh, I think it's a wrap. And and I think it's just a matter of time with him. We look at his numbers this postseason, they stink. Look at his numbers during the regular season. He's as good as he's been. Like, he is still a truly elite player. And if you have Altuve at the top of that lineup, Pena doing, uh, you know, yeah, 50% of what he's been doing, uh, and Bregman and Alvarez, like, it's a good group of hitters. Um, the bottom of the lineup thins out a little bit. Even a guy like Yuli Gurriel, just a professional hitter. They put the ball in play. Yeah. And where I think the Phillies may wind up struggling is um, there, there are some holes with strikeouts in that lineup, and I fear that the, the Astros pitchers are going to exploit them. Uh, last question from us, Jeff. Bryce Harper, when he signed with Philadelphia, what was your initial reaction? Did you think this is a marriage made in heaven? Or did you think, wow, Bryce Harper going to that city, that's a long time. If he doesn't win, we know what Philly fans are like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, I thought that Bryce Harper could be the perfect fit for Philadelphia. And... <sighs> The the one thing that struck me was that he's a Scott Boris client who signed a 13-year deal with no opt-outs. And mm-hmm. and at the time, someone said to me, he sees this like a marriage. And, and my first instinct was, oh, God, half a marriage is ended in divorce. That's not great. But he sees it as the, the good type of marriage. He wants to be on the right side of the 50% and embrace the city in which he lives and the ethos that uh, guides it. And uh, look... I mean, how many better matches are there now between player and city than Bryce Harper in Philadelphia? Like, he he embodies a lot of, uh, I think, what Philadelphia loves. Um, he's tough. He's he's gritty. He's you know he really cares, and the the emotion in Philadelphia uh, has been overwhelming and understandably so because. This was a team, I mean, a friend reminded me of this last night. I think the Phillies were 21 and 27 
and I, I tweeted that they're not even the best team in Pennsylvania anymore. And here they are in the World Series. They, I mean, they they were it. The, the Pirates had a better record than them at that point. Um, but they're in the World yeah. Series now, and it's a pretty remarkable turnaround. Yep. Jeff, we're going to let you run, as always. We appreciate your time. Enjoy the World Series, my friend. Yeah, have, have, fun. have fun. Have fun with Mr. Schneider as well. See you, boys. Awesome. We shall. Take care. Speaking of which, John Schneider, the manager of the yeah, Jays, yeah. will join us on Thursday. Um, so there you go. The uh, that, that was a great description Passing gave about the Astros' all-time elite <clears throat> run prevention. I mean, they just don't. They just strangle you. They just strangle you. At least they have in the first two games. That, 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 that's the only word I can use. You know, I'm looking at these numbers. Seven games. Opponents are slashing 178, 241, 291. Their relievers, Kevin, have thrown 33 innings, one earned run. 14 hits, 10 walks, 42 strikeouts. Their everyday players have made one error. And as we said, that was an error in some ballparks. That would not have been scored an error. If you're talking about the wild card era, the 2005 Shy Sox went 11 and 1 en route to winning the World Series. For some reason, that's a team that no one talks about. That was I covered that World Series. That was that postseason, I should say. That was one of the all-time great postseason experiences. The 1999 Yanks went 11 and 1. If you know the Astros, and I don't see how they sweep the series, but man. Uh, seven and zero against the Mariners and the Yankees is pretty impressive. Yeah, they, they'll they'll sweep the series if Jose Altuve and Kyle Tucker get hot. It's sort of like bookends, and then you got those three guys in the middle who are sort of doing their kind of thing. I don't see it happening. I think the the lineup for the Phillies hits too many homers. That that's the one thing you talk about run prevention mm-hmm. with the Astros. Can the Astros pitching staff? It's great. I mean, it's it's borderline excellent. Can it keep it in the yard? That's the big thing, right? You see how the Phillies are winning games is because they're hitting homers, and it's wow. those first. And four they do guys. have fly ball. The Astros <clears throat> have some fly ball pitchers in that. No staff. question. And it's that short porch in left field, that short porch in right field. Minute fade, ball flies there. So that'll be the interesting thing for me if the rotation as a whole for the Astros can keep those four, first four guys in the yard for the Phillies. They got a good chance. I'm not saying they're going to sweep it because the Phillies got a good team, right? They they got mojo. I believe in momentum. You don't so much. I do. I think it starts with those first, first four guys. But, man, I think this series is going to be a little bit better than most people think it is. Oh, I think it's, it is, too. I do, question. too. I do, too. I think Zach Wheeler's really good. I think Nola's got something to prove. Uh, I think Suarez is a little bit of a surprise. How do you game plan against him? And it'll be interesting. I'm with passing. I think the Phillies defense, because of the way the Astros put the ball in play, that's going to be the biggest key. If they can keep the other team from having extra outs, then the Phillies got a decent chance. If they don't, it's going to be a runaway. Yeah, I think – am I right to have some concern about Justin Verlander, given the fact that he he didn't start out well against Seattle? His start against the Yankees – initially wasn't great. Yeah, he, he turned into Justin Verlander about the third inning, got his breaking pitch over a little more. That's the one thing that would concern me is the number of days off between now or, or between Verlander's last game and his next start. That's 
We got to break because Rob Thompson is going to join us. That's a one area of concern I have. Like if the Phillies can jump out early on the Astros. You know, although the one thing, having said that, what's one thing the Astros did do this postseason, right? They've come from behind, too. Not yeah. only have they won close games, they've been able to come from behind as well. Uh, Rob Thompson is manager of the Philadelphia Phillies. He's also a native of Corona, Ontario. Rob Thompson will join us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan, or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. World Series starts Friday. Woohoo! The Houston Astros and the Philadelphia Phillies. Be joined in a few minutes by Rob Thompson, manager of the Philadelphia Phillies and a proud native of Corona, Ontario, and a uh, member of the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame as well, which is uh, always a good thing. Um, so, Kevin, just furthering our discussion before the break. Uh, about this series coming up, you I, I know that you were a, a spring training teammate of Bryce Harper's very briefly, right? Yeah. What was your uh, what your recollections of, of Bryce Harper? Again, I know you were just there briefly, <laughs> but I also know that uh, you guys yeah, did a little bit of had a little bit of chit chat. You and Bryce did. What was your recollection of him as a dude? He's young. He was better than everybody else. I mean, you could tell that. You could just watch him taking batting practice. You could watch him run around the field. You could watch him play in the outfield. You could watch the, his instincts running the bases, even, you know, when he was halfway doing it in spring training. Uh, you could tell how much talent he had. It was just, you know, watching it evolve into what's it, what it's evolved into now, which is, you know, I, I, I could argue, and you could argue that, having one certain guy at the plate no matter who he's facing it right now would be Bryce Harper right and for him to grow into that just when it comes to everything that it is to be a superstar listen to him talk to a reporter when they stick his stick a microphone in his face during a game how thoughtful his answers are uh, you know, how smart he sounds like mm. he's just figured it out and when you put figure it out with a lot of talent that he has it's pretty cool to watch, and and he's a good dude. I told you this yesterday, and you looked at me a little weird when I said when he was a when he was a national, uh, he was hard to root for. Like he just he just seems different. Maybe it's because mm-hmm. he signed a big deal. He's he's very secure. I mean, he's making a ton of money then too, but you know he's making a lot more now, and he doesn't have to worry about that part of it. And you know, it's just about the team, the city, winning championships. And he's grown into somebody that even if you're not a Phillies fan, a Bryce Harper fan, you can root for him. And I kind of like that. This is the guy who was on the cover of Sports Illustrated when he was 16 years old. And people were already forecasting that he was going to be the next big thing. And I think Jeff Passan made a good point, too. When you think about this as a fan, for a guy to commit long-term to a city and not take an opt-out, which, as a Scott Boris client, that's one of Scott Boris's things. And I'm a big fan of opt-out clauses because I think it saves... An opt-out clause ultimately can save a lot of people a lot of grief. It can save the team a lot of grief. It makes it easier to move a guy. It can save the player a lot of grief. But 
to sign that contract in that market, it, you, you got to have a you got to have some big ones to do that in that market to commit yourself that to that length of time. Yeah, the money's great. I don't get me wrong. The money's great. I understand that. But the money might have been greater elsewhere. And the pressure might have been less elsewhere. Yeah, Kratzy said he left t- money on the table. Now, I can't speak to that. I'm really not sure, but it, it sounds like no, he, he did. did. Yeah, cuz he would yeah, have been a, he would have had at least one more free agent contract in his life. Sure. Sure. Uh, look, you, you got to buy into that. I'm with you. Like he's bought into the organization. He's bought into who's running the organization. He's bought into his teammates. Uh, he's a fan favorite, right? And he can uh, sort of now understand at his age how it is to struggle in Philadelphia. That for me is the biggest part of it is, yeah, you ask a Yankee who's been to the Yankees and, and struggled how hard it is. And for him to actually speak about it out loud and say he embraces it and, and wants to be there. It's again. I, I, I'm not a Phillies fan. I'm a baseball fan. Uh, I'm 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 a Bryce Harper fan. I've told you this. When I went to spring training, he was the best player I saw in spring training. That was last year. Uh, just the thing he does. I mean, he had a home run off of Yusei Kikuchi. I'm not saying that's a big deal, but it's free and easy. It was you know, it's he makes it e- look easier when he walks to the plate. He's made adjustments at the plate, which is not the the easiest thing to do for a guy who's had success that he's had. You know, he's shortened up that big. He's had the big giant leg kick when I knew him because mm-hmm. he was he was young he thought he could hit the ball further than everybody else which he could but it you know the league had adjusted he gotten a little older uh, he's went through some injuries so he's made some adjustments at the plate and you're seeing the results now of he can carry there there is a handful of dudes who can carry a team I, everybody likes to say that, right? We say that a lot with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Jump on my back. I mean, it, there, there's, I guess, a little something to that. But when you talk about Bryce Harper, and you're seeing it now, he's one of those guys that, you know, you have a little look, you get him walking to the plate when it matters the most, and he's starting to deliver. And, I look, I, 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 I can't wait. He's a remote stopper. There's not a ton of those in the big leagues. He's one of them. Yeah, I think it's going to be a. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a terrific World Series, and I think one of the keys, is, as as Passon also pointed out, Kevin is going to be: Can Rob Thompson manage that sort of smaller group of pitchers than Dusty Baker has? We talk about the circle of trust, and I know that's sometimes an overused phrase in baseball, but. The fact of the matter is that Rob Thompson did have Ranger Suarez on the mound in that game. Now it didn't. It was what? How many? How many pitches? Two pitches, maybe that he threw, uh, and he was certainly helped out. Got a dude bunted with first and second in the ninth inning. Jeff exactly. with one out. That 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 helped that helped out. But that is going to be, I think, the big separator. In addition to the defense, the big separator is going to be just that pitching depth that Dusty has, and and. When I look at this Phillies team, and Jeff Passan made the point about it's a hybrid of that Washington Nationals World Series team and the Boston Red Sox team that David Dombrowski had, I look at this Phillies team and it almost seems to me as if somebody is going to have to play the Nathan Yavaldi role. Somebody is going to have to start and come out of the bullpen once or twice in a big situation to get this done. Now, clearly, the series is going to have to go six or seven games for that to happen. And when I look at this, to me, we're talking about either Aaron Nola or Zach Wheeler. One of those two guys is going to have to 
the envelope's going to have to be pushed here with them. That's what yeah, I think. Anyway. Yeah, I'm not. I, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I just think if you're Rob Thompson, you're going into this thinking I'm not the Astros. I don't have all those options to go to. I'm not Dusty. I can't, you know, sort of not screw it up like Jeff Blair says. Right? There's so many out there. You just picking one. Whoever's raring and ready to go. You like the split finger? You go to that guy. I just think if you're Rob, you go into this thing going, "Who is my three or four big horses?" Obviously, you know what who the two are and Wheeler and Nola, and who are the next like three main guys out of your pen, and you lean on them. Like, don't have a quick hook with Wheeler. We saw him with 87 pitches, I think, in his last start. In the sixth inning, he, he had a quick hook too quick for me. Like, you got to lean on these dudes. You know who your best guys are. Lean on your best guys and let them go out there. And, and if you're going to win it, I mean, don't be afraid to say it out loud. If we're going to win this thing, we're going to win it because of our main guys. And your main guys, everybody knows who those guys are. You lean on them, and you lean on them as much as you can. And you got to fight not having that quick hook, right? you got to fight that khaki calling down going, you know what them stats say. you got to take this guy out, and you just got to look at big picture there and go, hey, I know who my horses are, and I'm going to lean on them, and they're going to take us where we want to go. So that, for me, is the one thing I'll be looking for. Yeah, the uh, again, the World Series starts on Friday. Do you have any idea who this break – does this break favor anybody, Kevin, at all? Favor the hitters, favor the pitchers? Does it favor one team over the other? I, I, I like the fact that <laughs> it does mean that there's no excuses in terms of rest. You know, yes, you always walk that balance between rest and rust, and Dusty's going to have guys – I think Dusty may have guys in his team that haven't pitched for two and a half weeks now going into the World Series. Yep. But you played the game. At this point in the season, is there anything wrong with four days off? Like, Does it affect the hitter or does it affect the pitcher? See, I, I think it might affect the hitter a little more. Yeah, it's about time. It's rhythm and timing, right? For a hitter, right. you want you want a velocity laying off the breaking ball. You want to be able to get the front foot down in an athletic position to recognize what the pitch is coming out of the hand. So I would think the advantage goes to the pitcher. But we saw Verlander have a little extra time off, and fastball command was an issue. He, he got hammered a little bit. So I think that's something you'll be looking for. Well, as we mentioned, the World Series uh, does start on Friday. Um is the Philadelphia Phillies and the Houston Astros. The Phillies advanced with that win over the San Diego Padres in that almost like, I wouldn't say monsoon, but uh, not favorable conditions, shall we, shall we say, in Philadelphia. Rob Thompson is manager of the Philadelphia Phillies. He's a native of Corona, Ontario, also inducted to the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame in 2019. We're very pleased that he's taken time out to join us today. Rob, first of all, Congratulations on getting the Phillies to the World Series, and thank you very, very much for your time. I can only imagine your to-do list uh, today. So, <clears throat> we'll, without any further ado, we will get we will get to the questions. Um, so, you're in the dugout. Bryce Harper hits that home run. What goes through your head? Uh, you know, it's, well, first of all, thanks for having me on, but. Um, I think the biggest thing was that I couldn't believe the the noise in the stadium. I mean, it was so loud, and our dugout was so loud. Uh, I thought the roof was coming right off the dugout. But you know, it was it was kind of um, not shocking. But you know, you're sitting there and you're, you're like, it's just I can't believe this is happening right now. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing knowing Harp, I always know that in that situation, he may not get a hit. You may not get a home run, 
But I know that that guy in that situation is going to give you a good at bat, and he's going to be locked in. So surprising, but at the same time, not. Rob, since you've been the manager of the Philadelphia Phillies, is there one thing that you're most proud of, the job that you've done? One thing. Um, well, not necessarily the job I've done. I'm, I'm most proud of the fact that these guys have really come together. They played um, unselfish baseball for a long time now. Um, they're all in. There's no complaining. There's no woe is me. It is just, okay, we've got, we've got a goal. We've got our blinders on, and we're going for it. And whatever it takes, they're going to do to get it done. And, and I'm really, really proud of that. Now, Rob, you've obviously had a ton of postseason experience with, with the New York Yankees uh, in their dugout. Um, this is a bit of a break for teams. Uh, lots of time off, I guess. I, and, and I'm just wondering if as if you've been in a situation where you've had this much time off in the postseason going into a World Series, and is there anything you've learned about managing, you know, what what, what we call sort of that walking that fine line between rust and rest? Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, to end the season and going into the playoffs, we had we were on the road for 18 straight days um, before we got home uh, for, for the uh, game three of, of the Atlanta series. So when we won on Sunday, we gave them a full day yesterday. Today, the, the weight room is open. They can go in and, and play catch, lift, work out, get their treatment. And tomorrow we'll have a full workout before we get on the plane to Houston. And then on Thursday, we'll have a full workout uh, at Minute at Minute Maid uh, before game one Friday night. So, um, you know, I, I really thought that these guys need a little bit of time off, a little bit of time to do some personal stuff around town. They just haven't had time to do anything. Um, and, and they're going to be ready to go. I mean, you know, they've, they've been, they've been grinding away for a long time, so they'll be ready to go and, and, uh, they'll be prepared. We'll go into Houston and, and they'll, they'll compete and they'll show up. And, uh, I really am confident that we're going to play well. Speaking of grind, you watch Reese Hoskins, uh, you know, he's, it's been a grind for him. You, you can tell at the play defensively, you know, he's missed some balls uh, playing defense. Uh, he's had his little bit of woes offensively. But, man, when you sort of need that at bat, right, that one guy that walks to the plate, and obviously it's Bryce Harper, you want that guy up. But Reese is sort of that guy that's starting to take over. You know, he's taking that pitcher's pitch to get his pitch. Is there one thing that you think stands out to you now that you've been up close and personal through some of the ups and downs when it matters the most. Uh, is there one little thing that you can point to that says, man, this kid's a really good player? Um, I think, you know, he made uh, kind of a critical error for us the other night and struck out three times and came back the next day and, and hit two home runs. And that's kind of who Reese is. He, he really has a short memory when it comes to, to poor play or bad at bats. And, um, He's just very, very tough mentally and emotionally, and and I, I just love that about him because you, you you think that okay, a lot of guys they, they have this type of game they make critical error, they have three strikeouts, and it just kind of snowballs in the next day or two. Not with Reese, you you, you expect him to come back the next day and do well. Uh, very tough mentally for sure. Rob, we're used to seeing pitchers in the postseason in recent years being asked to 
you know, maybe step out of their comfort zone. We've seen it with Nathan Uvalde. I mean, you, I, you've been there. You know, there's a list of starting pitchers who've uh, come out of the bullpen and, and, and just kind of done whatever they needed to do to, uh, to get a win for their team. As a manager, is there, when you're in the World Series, is there something you would not ask a pitcher to do? That's a good question. Um, you know, I, I think everybody on our club, anyway, is all in. It doesn't matter what role you ask you ask them to do. They're going to they're going to do it, and they're going to do the best they can. The other night, we, you know, um, in the last game to, to clinch the National League, uh, we had we had to use I had to use Alvarado and and Sir Anthony a little bit earlier in the game just just to get through certain parts of their lineup. So the ninth inning was, was left for David Robertson, who's been a closer before, and he, he, the moment's not going to scare him. Uh, but we had used him the night before uh, for one-plus innings, and, and he threw quite a few mm-hmm. pitches. So we, he got the first out and then walked the next two, and um, Grisham's coming to the players' left-hand hitter, and we just had, happened to have uh, Ranger Suarez available. And... I just decided to go to him um, just because David just didn't look like he, he was throwing strikes and probably due to the fact that we used him so much the night before and, and Ranger got it done. So I don't think that there's anything I wouldn't ask a guy to do as long as I'm not putting his career or his arm in jeopardy. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that they, they'd be all in. In fact, I, at this time of year with our guys, I have to I have to take the ball away from them sometimes because they want it so badly. They'll they'll do anything. Rob, if somebody walks up to you and says, "For your Phillies to win the World Series, you have to do this," what would you say? We have to play really. We have to pitch, and we have to play really good defense mm. because because they can pitch. Um, we have to keep these games low scoring um, and win three to two, four to two that type of thing. And in order to do that, we can't give them extra bases. We can't walk guys. We got to throw strikes and we got to, we got to catch the ball. If we do that, we got, we got a good chance. And I I really believe we're going to do that. Rob, listen, uh, as I said, I understand time is at a premium for you Uh, again, heartiest congratulations, best of luck in the world series. And thanks so much for joining us today. We, we really do appreciate it. Good luck. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate you having me, and and, uh, thanks very much. Take care. That is Rob Thompson. He will be managing the Philadelphia Phillies in the World Series. He is, of course, from Corona, Ontario. And um, quite an an accomplishment. I mean, Rob Thompson spent, I believe it's 28 years uh, with the Yankees organization. He's got five World Series rings. 28 yeah. years with the Yankees organization. Uh, you know, trust me, this is a, this will be his first time managing in the World Series. Uh, there isn't a situation he hasn't seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there isn't a situation he hasn't seen. And uh, it's just it's such it's such a good story because taking over a team in the middle of the year and having to get your players attention right away and then taking them, and I'd forgotten about the 18 games in the road, but Kevin, taking them to where they are now and spending 18 days in the road. And again, yeah, they're nice hotels. They're not staying in, in hovels. I get all that. Mm-hmm. But there's just so many ways that could be a distraction for guys. 
And I think the first thing, the thing that I'm sure at the end of the year when someone does a deep dive into the Phillies, the first thing you're going to find out is that Rob Thompson got a hell of a lot of buy-in from Bryce Harper, from Kyle Schwarber, from JT Realmuto, from Reese Hoskins. I think that's what we're going to find out, is he got buy-in right away. And you pointed out to Reese Hoskins. We don't talk about him enough. I think he is hugely important to this team. He is. And Sir Anthony Dominguez is, is a big name, too, right? Him coming back and being almost great, that, that solidifies the eighth or ninth inning, depending on how you want to use him, how much you want to use him. Makes it a little easier having Bryce Harper come back as healthy as he can possibly be this time of the year. Having Zach Wheeler back, right? Doing Zach Wheeler things is a giant deal. That makes it a ton easier for a manager. I just, I just think he, his, you know, that's, that's oh, I've, I've often made fun of this when it says the manager's door is always open. It's not. That's a lie. It's open to certain players all the time and then there's everybody else i was one of those everybody else's guys it just seems like rob listened to the main guys and Mm -hmm. took sort of their advice when it comes to how do i get the best out of you down the stretch for us to go where you want to go if i need to give you two or three days i'll please come and tell me i will do that because we want the best out of you and i think that sounds like his strength and his he has a very slow heartbeat you can tell that listen even listening to him talk right it's absolutely the moment is just never too big for him all the championships he's been a part of it just seems like you know when you look over at him it's not beating harder than it should be beaten so yeah it's it's he's he's a guy that you want to root for too again I hope this is going to be a good series. It's interesting on an offensive team that he has. He spoke about pitching and defense. That's kind of cool to listen to, too. Yeah, I I think it's going to be a terrific series, and uh, we do wish Rob all the best. Uh, Rob Thompson and Dusty Baker, that's that's a pretty nice matchup in terms of managers. That's two pretty good dudes, and uh, I think – Whoever emerges in this World Series, people will be happy for him. Uh, You certainly cannot. That's it for us today. We'll be back tomorrow from 11 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. If you're listening to us via podcast, thank you very much. Please rate and review if you're subscribing. And most importantly, have yourself a great day.